Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, everyone. Well, first up, uh, from the newsletter, you've been waiting for some documentation of Waymo offering truly driverless rides in Arizona. Ed Niedermeyer at TechCrunch has written about his experience uh, as a rider and has an interview also with Waymo's director of product, who is not disclosing how many driverless miles the company has logged in Chandler, but apparently they're doing something. <laughs> Your thoughts here? I I guess they are. I just uh, wish that they would, uh, well, I wish that they'd be a little bit more forthright. I guess there was nobody hiding in the back, and I guess it wasn't staged. Although, given that, you know, almost everything up to this point in time uh, has been staged, uh, one has to be um, just a little bit cautious. It, 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 it would seem that um, that uh, maybe we're here, but uh, it would be nice to be able to report, hey, it's just happening. It's an everyday thing. No big deal. No, you know, miles of people riding in these things. Many uh, were out there doing it. It's just happening. Um, and I don't know why it's not just happening. Maybe it's because it's not just happening. Uh, but um, again, uh, we're close, uh, and I'm, I'm glad that Ed got a got a ride, and um, and um, maybe I'll go out there and get a ride. Well, Waymo's been saying that more and more of these rides will be driverless. Uh, you know, in in the weeks and, and months to come. So I guess we we really can't doubt that they're that they're being honest about it. What what motive would they have to do that, right? Yeah, no, I I understand. I understand. It's just that um, it it would be nice that that it's just now uh, common practice, and um, and whether it's common practice in just a very small area, you know, that's fine. Just that it's common practice somewhere uh in on just normal roads granted uh, chandler uh arizona is probably the most ideal uh community but fine that's great let's do it first in the ideal communities and, and then let's uh, let's grow from there and um just um um just anxious to see it we should mention that TechCrunch is also reporting that lyft is expanding its self-driving fleet in las vegas with the same type of Chrysler Pacifica hybrid minivans that Waymo uses, uh, that's in partnership with Aptiv. Uh, we we saw a little bit of that, uh, at least the talk about it uh, last year. Yes, and we were. I mean, we saw it. We saw it last year at CES, and then, in fact, they may have even started the year before. So, yes, they are out there. It is driver driverless. It does have attendance on board. I guess it's good that uh, they've uh, they're out there with Chrysler Pacificas because it seems as if at least the vehicles that are available to put the, the automation technology on, on onto these days are are the are the vehicles that really can easily accommodate passengers are are minivans and the Pacific is a good mini, minivan to use and it's nice to see them out there uh, doing that in in Las Vegas Again, uh, a, a nice, uh, somewhat ideal place to do things, but that's great. Let's do it in all the ideal places. And we like the idea of ride sharing too. 
And we like the idea of ride sharing. And not only do we like the idea of ride sharing, um, if ride sharing is 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 can can be done, then it should be done. And if two people want to uh, are, are going from about the same place at about the same time uh, to about the same place, um, they should be encouraged to ride together because. Uh, uh, that's the uh, that's the real way that we're going <clears> to <throat> get the societal value out of this mobility. Yeah, and actually, uh, Lyft is a is a partner of sorts with with Waymo. Uh, Waymo is using Lyft's uh, ride hailing network in Arizona. Right. So for a few trips, uh, they they've been using the the network. So if you're on Lyft, you may, you may be picked up by a Waymo vehicle. And I guess the picture of the driver on the screen would be blank when you, when you use the app, uh, <laughs> if you're lucky. I guess. I don't know what they've put on there. And uh, yeah, uh, or maybe a, a picture of a, of a computer chip or something like that. I don't know. Well, another Waymo note, uh, it's shutting down. It's Austin, Texas operations, relocating people to Detroit or, or Phoenix. Yeah, that that. I don't know. I was surprised by that, but that just may be because I'm not so so far out of the loop that I, I don't know what's going on. But uh, certainly Waymo had been in uh, in there in Austin for quite some time. In fact, they gave the the first driverless ride um, there in Austin, and um, and so uh, it, it again that's uh, that's a area that seemed to have been welcoming to this technology. Although that's sort of been up and down in terms of Austin's welcoming of of um, even uh, just the ride hailing uh, businesses with drivers. And uh, apparently um, the welcoming wasn't as strong as, as maybe it should have been. I'm, I'm surprised. Um, I would, of course, love to see them instead of taking that operation to uh, Detroit. Why don't you bring it over here to Princeton or Trenton or Mercer County and, and um, let's start doing it here. Um, we're trying to create a welcoming environment for for Waymo or or uh, or local motors and Ollie or GM or whatever to to begin to provide uh, the the mobility uh, and uh, the the societal benefits uh, that this technology uh, can deliver to a community, and we'd love them uh, to come here. Instead of the not in my backyard syndrome, it sounds like we've got the please in my backyard. Well, at least uh, coming from uh, from, from us, <laughs> I'm not so sure that everybody's on board around here. Uh, they, uh, but uh, we're certainly working to tr- to try to get it um, at least most of the people on board. Um, uh, again, because this is an opportunity to provide mobility uh, uh, to everyone, and to do it 24/7, and uh, if we can do it with ride sharing and uh, and begin to scale it, I think do it uh, very, very affordably and uh, do it affordably uh, while uh, the, the entity that's uh, providing that mobility also um, is profitable and has um, happy uh, stockholders. Uh, so um, uh, everybody's happy. So I, I, the reason why I do this every day is because I think there are win-wins here. Well, uh, you've got a great uh, grassroots effort uh, that's uh, taking shape in, in the Princeton area. Hopefully it continues. 
Princeton and Trenton and really uh, through uh, Mercer County. So it's it's it is beginning. Bloomberg has an interesting report out on a Tesla owners experience with autopilot uh, surveying thousands of owners, really. And 90 percent uh, in the survey anyway said it made them feel safer. Yes, and I think uh, why I uh, I think that this is uh, substantive uh, where uh, I don't uh, consider many of the other surveys substantive is it because it deals with people who have experienced something and ask them about their experience and not about what they would perceive to be in some fantasy that's presented to them and uh, what do you think about that? Uh, this is uh, this is asking people who basically have um, have um, put money on the table, uh, purchased uh, the asset, and are asked to uh, provide uh, uh, their opinion. Now, certainly, some might be um, uh, wanting to uh, not uh, think that they made a bad decision and overhype it or something like that, uh, but. Uh, but again, this is this is uh, a, I think this is more substantive because it deals with asking uh, folks about uh, their experiences, their real experiences, not their perceived experiences. <clears throat> and so I think it needs to be taken very seriously. And uh, the results are are really um, I think quite good in that um, not only are, are the people happy about it they're not going back to the showroom granted tesla doesn't have showrooms but going back and say no this is a lemon take it take it back um, they are saying that uh, there are pluses and minuses but you ask uh, anybody uh, anything about uh, anything that they've purchased uh, uh, there are always pluses and minuses um, I, I don't think i've been a hundred percent positive on any anything <laughs> so um uh, you know that i think it's it's to be um, um it's be expected that, that the the negatives would be brought out and of course great bring out the negatives uh, and that that tells uh, tells everybody what needs to be improved and what to work on to Try to make it even better. Yeah, I think there were something like half a dozen instances where people said that autopilot had had caused a, a crash of some sort or caused a right. problem. But even more people had said that it had saved their lives. Yeah, right. So, so in a sense, uh, you know, they, I think that's that's good. I, I think I think we need to. This is worth looking at and and worth absorbing and worth worth taking. Um, um, take uh, paying attention to. In the latest Smart Driving Car newsletter, you've got the National Transportation Board Safety Report on the Uber crash in March of last year, the one that claimed the life of Elaine Herzberger, and there really is a lot to be learned in the report. There is an awful lot to be learned in the report, and I guess you know it, it, much of it is with twenty twenty hindsight, but but some of it is that. My goodness, um, some of the fundamental design elements of, of this system um, are, are just um, just really weren't good enough and aren't good enough. And I think that some of those have been changed. And I, I spent some amount of time in, um, in the uh, newsletter to, uh, to discuss uh, uh, some of those. But um, it's... Um, 
it, it is it is a little bit chilling, uh, um, and um, and I think the the um, uh, the overlay on all of this is that the safety has to come first. And one has to be very careful in the design of these things that one doesn't just uh, uh, create situations in which the system simply isn't going to work. And um, and just to be um, uh, maybe afraid of, uh, of, of putting on the brakes uh, when you didn't begin to put on the brakes, uh, you then sit there and wait a second uh, to make uh, to to uh, before you do anything, a second is an awfully long time. That's why these systems operate um, at least at, at at twenty hertz. You know, twenty times a second they go through and and reevaluate the situations. Um, you know, this is what our brain and our eyes do when we, when we look at things. You know, they're basically operating at twenty frames a second or or more. Uh, and you, you can't be operating it. It's something that looks like uh, one frame every second um, uh, because you re- uh, you readjust and and then start over. Um, um, you can begin to uh, if if there's a situation in which the brakes uh, um, may be applied, you should begin to apply them and then and then continue to. Um, to reevaluate the situation as as to whether or not you continue to apply them or you ease off and have this happen again at, um, at frame rates of you know 20 times a second type of things so um, it's it's very chilling reading that report it's, it's much more chilling reading that report than reading the reports of the of the 737 max um, uh, uh, system design. Um, uh, it's much more chilling on the Uber. In a securities filing, Uber is saying it will likely have to come up with a deal with Waymo after it was found to be using Waymo's technology. Uh, this could limit or delay Uber's autonomous efforts. And obviously we know what the uh, Elaine Herzberger crash uh, meant to meant to that to begin with. So where do we, what does this mean? Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, does Waymo now have to make a deal with them? I mean, I would think that uh, Waymo would charge uh, an awful lot for this. Um, uh, certainly, as much as it costs them to uh, to develop it and more. Um, as I like to say, um, uh, this technology is, is like a goose uh, that would be laying golden eggs. Uh, as opposed to normal eggs. And so uh, the price can't be the price of a goose. It has to be the price of the goose plus uh, the golden eggs that it's going to lay forever and ever. Uh, And so um, uh, I don't see how you come up with a deal that from Uber's perspective would allow them to be able to compete with Waymo um, uh, in in this marketplace. Uh, so it would seem that uh, Uber better come up with a way to take all this stuff out of their systems. Uh, otherwise, um, uh, uh, they're not going to be able to compete. And this comes as Uber shares this past week hit new lows. The company reported a $1.1 billion loss last quarter. So news isn't so good. 
News isn't so good, although they claim that they could have been profitable if if some some of the expenses uh, weren't included. Well, I, you know, okay, good. I could claim I, that. I, I, <laughs> man, I could be a really rich guy if if I if I didn't spend anything. Um, never, um, or maybe not even then. But I don't know. Uh, yes, I. Um, there isn't much good news on the Uber front. You have some pointed comments about a headline that read uh, just how far ahead is Tesla in the self-driving race with its reported uh, roughly 1.9 billion autonomous miles driven. Well, of course, what's an autonomous mile? You know, I I don't know what that is, uh, but I I think that what they mean is that there are 1.9 billion miles uh, uh, driven uh, with autopilot on. And if if that's the real number, which I think that that's what they're reporting, that is a very big number. That's an enormous experience uh, over many many different kinds of situations, and and so therefore they they really do have um, uh, an advantage over over others in terms of experiencing. Uh, driving um, uh, domains uh, in which uh, their system is trying to operate. So makes it sound uh, like Tesla is the one with the goose. Uh, yeah, yes, in a sense, uh, but the problem, the, the only negative piece about that is that is that their system, in terms of its capabilities, is nowhere near what the system's capabilities are uh, for uh, in Waymo or even GM Cruise. You know, they're not, they're not dealing with, with traffic lights. They're not dealing with stop signs. They're, you know, they're dealing with, with lane keeping and, uh, and um, intelligent cruise control. And so that's, their, that's the fundamental things that they're dealing with. Yes, they are the biggest um, things uh, going on. And yes, um, but what the, the real advantage that they've had is they've captured data on that 1.9 or billion miles, or at least I think they have. And, um, and with their over there, uh, not only updates, but their, the over the air um, obtaining of the data from uh, the, these miles driven really gives them, gives them an enormous um, information advantage uh, over um, uh, the other competitors. So uh, again, how you use those data to then um, improve your product so that it, it does more than just lane keeping and and uh, intelligent cruise control, um, that's the key. And, um, and in terms of their software, um, at least um, from the outside looking in, it, it, it's nowhere near uh, the capability of what uh, Waymo and, um, and GM Cruise has. And Electric has a, a video online now posted of Tesla autopilot navigating through a construction zone with the cones and everything. Which is yeah, and, and there are, and that, that is uh, fairly impressive in terms of doing that. And so this is, uh, I guess, part of what they've been able to now use the data that they captured on that 1.9 billion miles and use it to basically uh, improve their algorithms so that uh, it goes through construction zones well. Uh, and and I think that that is certainly important if your if your objective is to build a driverless mobility machine, 
that uh, is going to basically provide mobility as a service, um, that's fine. Uh, Tesla is uh, so far in the business of doing self-driving, which is just providing enhancement uh, to the to the driving experience of vehicles that they sell to individuals uh, with uh, with the um, uh, constraint and the 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 fundamental constraint that there is a um, a uh, uh, licensed driver supervising this operation that it's doing and doing it and doing that supervision uh, continuously and able to take over in case uh, the system uh, begins to fail or in places where it doesn't work. So um, as far as construction zones go, um, look, if you have a driver there, let them drive through the construction zone. Asking the system to do it is, I think, just in some sense almost being cute. Um, the drivers there, um, uh, the construction zones are short, um, and don't, aren't, don't last very long. Uh, let them do something over that period of time. Um, uh, if you eventually want to get to the point in which uh, uh, there is no driver, then yes, you have to have that c- kind of capability. Uh, but what uh, what I think uh, the the not only near but uh, even moderately uh, into the future term um, uh, interest of of Tesla is to sell cars to individuals where they're behind the wheel uh, as a at least a supervisor and uh, able to do some of the driving some of the time and probably um, uh, they should be um, hands on the wheel and if not uh, feet on the pedals uh, through construction zones. Uh, I mean, there's just too much of a safety implication there to uh, get cute. Interesting. And and, uh, Elon Musk, we can point out, is having a pretty good time taunting some of the short sellers of late. (laughs) Tesla stock's been doing pretty well. Well, yeah. Why? Because, uh, you know, he's he's selling a product, the product, uh, people like it. But but he he shouldn't he should get a, a stomp over selling it and and giving people perceptions that this has um, these additional capabilities. Uh, the stupid summon is stupid summon. Uh, uh, <laughs> what can I say? It's it's kind of a shame. It's kind of a shame because he really has a, a what seems to be a very good product out there. People are liking it. They're buying it. Um, and uh, it may actually become uh, really profitable, maybe. Um, uh, and he has enormous market share. What is it? Over almost 80 percent of the of the plug in electrics in the United States are, are, are Tesla's. I mean, um, you know, um, he, he, the, the overhyping of all this uh, should, uh, should cease. And not necessary is what you're saying. It's not necessary, yeah. CNN uh, had a report about smart pods uh, blazing a trail, in their words, for autonomous transport, those shuttles that are showing up in more and more places. Some friends were telling me the other day about seeing them in Switzerland recently. So they really are all over, but they're not, as you would say, necessarily always driverless. 
Right, and that's right. And they 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 aren't they aren't driverless in 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 on public roads. Uh, to do do those on on uh, private roads in which uh, they're protected, uh, we've been able to do that for you know more than forty years. So great. Uh, but in terms of vehicles that uh, that basically can go into communities without the need of of substantial amount of, of infrastructure investment, uh, and can and that this vehicles can use uh, local streets uh, that uh, that have been built for cars, um, uh, these these pods uh, are challenged. And finally. From the half-baked section of the newsletter, the AZDNet report titled, Why Autonomous Vehicles Will Rely on Edge Computing and Not the Cloud. And I think they're talking about small distributed data centers being needed, and you're saying not so much. Well, I don't think so. I think, you know, if you're going to be autonomous, uh, that means you kind of want to go in a lot of different places. And and uh, if you assume that, in fact, we're going to have edge computing everywhere, then fine, uh, maybe. Uh, but um, but uh, if you have to wait for that, then maybe it won't have to wait too long. I think the way you need to have it is you need to have a intelligence in the vehicle. In other words, the computing and in, in, in the data environment in, in the vehicle itself so that it can go um, uh, where the, the streets allow it to grow, go as opposed to uh, where you happen to have had um, uh, some of this uh, edge computing capability. Uh, so um, um, I, I wouldn't want to be res- one. You can't. Re- it relies on you being connected for one thing. Re- right? Relies on not- you being connected, and I mean that, that just uh, that, that seems to be uh, the antithesis of 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 being autonomous. <laughs> autonomous assumes that you're you're kind of independent, uh, and uh, and so certainly you don't want to be dependent on the cloud. And certainly, and I don't think you want to be dependent on some edge computing. Uh, you want to have your own brain in your own head, uh, in your own uh, vehicle, uh, doing it as opposed to um, I don't know. Uh, anyway, it just seems to me to be uh, somewhat of an oxymoron here, or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> and that note, we'll wrap up this edition. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and more. You can get your smart speaker to play us. You can find my tech reports at textonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day.